Night like this, Stormboard, Game of Owns. We're back at it again. That was a lot of enthusiasm <laughs> there, Zach. A lot. Thank you. <laughs> We're working on an introduction. This was a a tough ending to record an episode directly after. This is Game of Owns. Thank you for listening. This episode was really, 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 really good, though, and I'm really excited to talk about it. I liked last episode, liked episode one, but I feel like episode two. We're hitting a stride. And we are honored to welcome our friend and fellow Game of Thrones, A Song of Ice and Fire podcaster, Ashea, from the History of Westeros podcast to Game of Thrones this Sunday night. Thank you for having me. I'm real excited to talk about this episode with you both. You guys are probably familiar. Ashea has been our, on a couple episodes that we've had in the lead up to season seven. So it's only right that we get to talk about one of the first couple episodes of the season together. I think now we get to officially have the post-episode discussion that we've been waiting for because last week we couldn't really have a real conversation because I had to go upstairs and record with Hannah. But and talk now, to me. That's right. Yeah. I got to watch the episode live with Zach last week, which was awesome. And then he scurried upstairs to my bedroom to record with Hannah and not talk to me about it. We got to talk afterward, though. And, and I did have the pleasure to see you guys as a full team, Sean, Aziz and yourself broadcasting a couple episodes through the week and uh, one with Radio Westeros. And it was just a, a fun experience. But I'm glad now that you're on the show right now. It's Sunday night. Stormborn has just aired. Ships were destroyed. Feelings were damaged. Maybe people feel differently about the Man in Black. Are you asking if I'm still into Euron Greyjoy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Euron Greyjoy can still get it, but he is in no way trying to take away from everything that happened with him in this episode. I just think that his character was played incredibly well. And I think that, and I'm the thing I'm probably most excited to talk to you guys about is this whole Sand Snakes issue and how Euron dealt with the situation and the Yara Theon Euron scene. So does he still look like early 2000s daydream for me? Yes. Do I like him as a man? Obviously not. <laughs> so, <laughs> gotta say, I'm with Hannah and feeling his new vibe and his new aesthetic, but definitely seeing him be a maniac with an axe taking down all these women doesn't exactly excite you. Taking them down. Yeah, he did. Man. Did you guys really love this episode? Did, did you I mean, not? The, the last shot of the episode was Theon. Wait, he was in the water. He's going to rescue Theon from that carnage. Gendry is. Can we, that's make, who. Can we yes. make a Gendry joke? <laughs> We're joking, but it becomes more and more possible and likely. In one of these episodes, he's we know he's popping up. We thought he was going to pop up in Stormborn, but he might have been just off frame there at the end of the, <laughs> the battle. Yeah, 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 yeah. The silence, though, just epic in size. Yeah, those were some great shots of the, of the various ships, but silence in particular, really stunning. And the way that Euron comes down on top of Theon and Yara's ship and kind of jumps in. When it dropped. So 
unbelievably yeah so amazing and we've been we've seen previews for this battle for ever and so we've been thinking about it and looking forward to it and talking about it for a really long time and i feel like aside from this whole dornish thing that we can get into in a little bit it definitely didn't disappoint in grandeur and scale and again theon was just unbelievable and heartbreaking how about that yara in flying squirrel leap though yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. insane yeah. <laughs> i thought that her, her legs were gone and that the fight was going to be different but no she was just i mean i know that euron Greyjoy was a killer in that fight but she was a fucking badass in that moment oh yeah euron's axe Absolutely. was awesome too did you guys notice that mm-hmm. the like cracking stuff on his axe yeah yeah no the detailing was awesome and he was using both sides of it it was vicious man it was a total character just you know he, he's gone from dialogue to now evil cackling laughter and fighting in battle and it's what it i didn't know what a Greyjoy fight was going to look like on the mm-hmm. on the sea but we finally got to see it what did you think i know that I mean, half of the stuff that you guys wear on the on History of Westeros, you're wearing some kind of Greyjoy insignia. Like, so how did this feel finally seeing? <laughs> I it am. Come I to am terms? in a Greyjoy dress right now as it happens. <laughs> I was most disappointed to see this happen to Yara and Alaria to Yalaria right in the throes of passion. It was so <laughs> <I know>. disappointing. <laughs> oh man, I was disappointed. A foreign invasion is underway. <laughs> that scene completely disarmed me. Right before when she was doing that shrug and they were just... <laughs> yeah, disarming really, a good way. He really snuck up it. on her, on the whole fleet there. They were in complete relaxation mode. They shouldn't have had all of them on the ship, I was thinking. I was like, man, you guys are just asking for it. All the Sand Snakes, Laria, Yara, Theon, all on this one ship. Not paying attention. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know yeah. it is a silence, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> come I was on, disappointed people. that we didn't get to see his muted crew oh yeah yeah i mean that would have been a nice touch but this episode was written by brian cogman who's one of our favorites in adaptation as far as at least on on this show as far as um i I guess respecting the flow and the cadence of the book and i thought at the beginning of this episode that i was i don't know it kind of felt like i was watching an episode of mad men with how patiently the dialogue was allowed to air out and just how wide the camera angles were versus something that you'd see down in the crypts of Winterfell where John and Littlefinger are talking and it's very dramatic and it's very cinematic. I thought some of the exchanges with uh, Varys and Daenerys mm-hmm. when they were around the map table was it's just the scene was almost mm-hmm. painfully long, but not painfully in a bad way, but the good kind of painful where I was like, I've been waiting for someone to talk to Varys about this stuff for yeah. a long time. And it's so awesome that it's Daenerys doing it. Yeah, no, yeah I, I totally sat agree. Up. <laughs> to the edge of my seat during that scene. I was like, oh, really? You're asking Varys about his motivations. Hmm. It was, didn't you guys just, like feel the weight? I just felt the weight of history and of everything we've been through throughout this whole story in that entire conversation. Because we're talking about Danny's birth and what they all remember. And then all of these men that have come before her and all the people Varys have served and I just felt this, and and it happened a couple other times in this episode, but more so than I have in a while, just the weight of things that have happened beforehand. Does that make sense? Like, Mm -hmm. you could just really feel that we've come so far and just remembering that we are finally in a place where Varys and Daenerys are having this conversation and Danny's talking about Jon and Melisandre and Danny are in the same room talking about Azora High. You know, it's 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 finally paying off. <laughs> yeah, that was the the full vocalization of Azor High, the prince that was promised, the one that will bring the dawn after the long night. 
that was uh that was something i really liked uh, in the scenes with danny and her advisors i really liked that scene with elena because i hadn't really thought about them having a scene together so i was really surprised to see a scene with just the two of them and i was really really happy with daenerys sort of getting counsel from this wise older woman and yeah it was great i I, it really surprised me i like how she cuts to the chase she's like i know that you're not here because you love me i know that we're here with mutual interest in taking down Cersei Lannister. But I, I loved the advice that Olena gave, which, you know, whether or not Danny will follow it or whether or not it's the right call, whatever. But she talks about how Danny needs to be a dragon and that Olena is alive because she has outlived lots of clever men. And I think that while we love Tyrion and I think that he gives a lot of great advice, especially in this episode, we get to see Tyrion and Danny's relationship continue to grow and and the two of them kind of playing off each other which i think is really neat i do like this idea that someone like olena can give to danny and say hey don't forget to always keep your guard on and don't forget who you are which is a dragon yeah and i don't know whose plan it was to send the ironborn ships to pick up the dornish army but Mm. they kind of screwed up it was maybe a faulty decision not to have a dragon escort i don't know yeah that seems like an oversight what do we think that dorn is going to do like do we think that Dorne after this is pretty much just wiped out? I mean, I know that Ilaria is captive, and we theorized in our last episode that she was in King's Landing, and that seems to be what's going to play out. Yeah, it's hard. I I can't imagine us seeing a scene with some character going to Dorne and rallying their troops, but they need right. the troops. Now who's who's going to be there to be their figurehead using the lineage that the show's put down? Yeah, well, but how are they going to invade <laughs> King's Landing without? The Dornish troops, you know? Uh, so there's just no more Dorn now, I guess. Yeah, they still have <laughs> troops, at least. And yeah. Daenerys will have to use her Dothraki and Unsullied and dragons. I have so many questions for you guys. Oh, my gosh. Because I'm thinking about Tarleys. I'm thinking about Tyrells. I'm thinking about the Dornish marches. I'm thinking about what the hell Euron Greyjoy was doing, leading them off so well. There's so many options There's here. a lot of moving pieces. Yeah, <laughs> really. There really are. When Melisandre was in the throne room with Danny, I mean, come on. I know. <laughs> I like Varys' little nod. So Varys and Danny just finished having this conversation where really sweet and poignant about how, well, sweet and poignant. Maybe those are not the right words. <laughs> but when Danny makes him promise that he'll tell her if she's failing. And then literally three seconds later, Varys is like making jabs at Melisandre because she's served other men. And Danny's <laughs> like, okay, well, we've pardoned a lot of people today, so... You could get off the back. I was excited to see how Varys was going to react to Melisandre with his aversion towards magic and sorcerers. But so far, it seems like he's letting it ride. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they might get a moment later, but they definitely didn't have time in this episode. Yeah, like you can feel tension, I feel like. Just you've got all of these players. And I now that Yara and Theon and Ilaria are not there in present, You've got these players who are all come from very different backgrounds kind of being united for the first time, which is interesting. And so I feel like we can see a lot of that tension. And I'm excited to see, like you're saying, more of these conversations between Melisandre and Varys and, and all this kind of thing. We're going to see Davos interact with Melisandre again, too. Yeah. What do you two think about Tyrion's plan versus, I guess, the other side of the coin, which is the advice for Daenerys to attack King's Landing dead on? I feel like there are strategical advantages to both and it's kind of a toss-up at this point 
It reminds me so much, Hannah, of our discussions, and I know that you guys talk about it on History of Westeros also, Ash, about um, the lessons that Daenerys is, is put through consistently in the books and how her problems grow and shift in size the more power and more the more men she gets in her command and how by the time we're at the end of Marine, we're, we're making these decisions that have kingdoms, you know, kingdoms and societies are reverberated by her choices here and there's really no difference in this case except it's directly related to what's happening in Westeros. So it's kind of trippy to <laughs> see Daenerys sitting in Dragonstone and making the call, like, do I attack King's Landing mm-hmm. or do I partner with Jon Snow? But that's what we're looking at. Or or do I make a wider plan and send troops to Casterly Rock and do it? You know what I'm saying? Like, so which of these strategies do you guys think? I think she should do them all, honestly. I think she needed, I think she needed some more time to notify people that she's there and that she's going to attack King's Landing and they should bend the knee and all that and to come at it with honorable intentions but that she needs to take King's Landing from Cersei and that I think that it's foolish to think that starving a city is more honorable than burning them tons of people are going to die and be miserable no matter what so I, I think she needs to take King's Landing, but I think she needed to wait for Jon Snow and for any other uh, moving pieces to to consolidate. Well, and I think she makes a good point about, she mentions back to Viserys how he believed that people in Westeros were waiting for them and whispering for them and, and all that kind of thing. And I think that she needs to build good faith in her. I mean, she needs people to back her up. You know, she could go and swoop in King's Landing and take it back, but she's got really no support from the common people as Varys is kind of talking to her about. And so I do think that it's smart to kind of build up some of that support, whether it's simply just the word about her arriving spreading, you know, and I think that whether or not people are going to rise up to support her, I think is up for debate. And I guess we'll have to kind of see how that plays out. But I do think that there is some good advice in taking it slow. And I, and I do agree that, yes, she needs to do both. Um, but I also still feel like there's no way that regardless of Kyburn's huge arrow <laughs> thing that he's got, you know, they're they're going to be able to take King's Landing at this point. They've got three dragons. So let's let's get the support that we need before kind of rolling in guns blazing immediately i was expecting dragons a different kind of blazing. weapon <laughs> yeah. yeah that dragon's blazing you weren't impressed with kyburn's weapon i just you know i just thought kyburn yeah you there's so much build up to it and he's like <laughs> he unveils it and it's like just a giant crossbow and here's that dragon skull that i know said, but he wasn't moving really know. it's just like he wasn't it's flying true. we don't really know if dragon skulls degrade <laughs> and they're if they're, are they just as strong now as they were then, you I don't know. know. Kyburn spent so long <laughs> he positioning up. that. And there's perfectly. no hide on it either. There's no dragon skin on it. Yeah, he like looks... couldn't test it out. He just had to like <laughs> tweak it so much to make sure that as soon as Cersei tested it, that it would hit exactly where he wanted it to. Yeah. No. <laughs> Bravo, Kyburn. That was perfect. That's making me laugh. But I mean, look, that bow and arrow isn't going to really do. And I think that it's true that. If there's weakness, then that means that they can be killed. And I'm not going to say that the dragons are untouchable because I think that that would be false. But still, from where we stand, it doesn't really necessarily look good for King's Landing if if Danny comes rolling in. Do you guys think that a dragon's going to be killed with that device this season? A dragon going down this season would not surprise me. Whether or not it's going to be Kyburn's, we need a funny name for it. It's not coming to Dragon me. Destroyer. Dra- Kyburn's Dragon Cannon? Yeah, Dragon <laughs> Cannon. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Whatever. 
2K17. Um, <laughs> 2K17. For sure. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be it necessarily. I don't know. But I mean, the idea of a dragon coming down this season is not out of the realm of possibility, in my opinion. When I was watching, I felt with the the bookish pace of some of the dialogue in the first third of the episode, especially Varys' monologue, and just the attention that they gave to him, giving him the scene space to say, I choose you, when we have other such large characters in that map room and we moved to such a large scene directly after with Melisandre. I just thought it was very booky. And then we had the scene with Beleriand the Dread. And it just, I don't know, I felt like they were they were hitting a lot of beats that I just didn't expect to see after the kind of episode we got for the first episode. I felt like the first episode was very epic and sweeping and major character, major character. And this just sort of, I don't know, fell in line, especially the stuff with Sam and Old Town. Yeah, there was a lot of focus on maybe the second tier characters. We had that Sam and Jorah scene. We had, you know, Yara, Ilaria, Theon off doing their thing. I didn't really think about that, but I think that's accurate. And even like Masunday and Grey Worm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that too. Like that was a long love scene. That was a (laughs) lot of, that was a very just, you know. Can I just say the two words that I hope every fan was thinking of? Please. Ass play, you guys. Come <laughs> Thank on. You. Come on now. I, I just want to know that they tried some stuff, like some weird stuff, but I want them to have experimented. I, I thought we were getting to see the uh, the damage, the unsullied damage. I know, right? We were all just like, the boys in the room were like covering their eyes, worried, and I was like on the edge of my seat, like, come on, I want to see what's going on. I was disappointed. That was such a sweet scene, though. Right? <laughs> yeah, it was. I like Masande and Grey Worm scenes a lot. I know Silence. a lot of fans. I know. I, I know a lot of fans complain about it because they, I don't know, think it's besides the point. But I think it's exactly relevant to the themes of the show. These are two people that have gotten their lives ruined and built back up, and have found someone, you know, to find comfort in despite all these awful things that they can trust. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of hypocritical to have gratuitous sea battles it's like we get it people get killed with axes and not show the development and physical relationship between two people who have feelings for each other Mm -hmm. yeah exactly i really really hope gray worm comes home safe i really do for some ass play (laughs) (laughs) yes what was that talking about sam too right what would sam do yeah he dealt with that gray scab i don't know what to call it it's gross think Uh, that we could get a scene worse than sam in episode one because i did not watch so tell me if anything happened i did not watch a single moment of sam peeling off of jorah's gray scaly skin worse. i closed it my was eyes worse. to me way worse especially with the goop and then it cuts to the pie it was a really masterful cut but oh boy did you see the at least the transition there that she's talking about no, Hannah? i closed oh. my, I closed <laughs> my <laughs> eyes immediately <laughs> and i did not open them until I knew it was safe. I'll just describe it. So whenever Sam gets the first big scale off, he has like this <laughs> oh poker and it looks like he's going to like go mm-hmm. under the skin and do something. Mm-hmm. And just as he's about to hit the flesh, it just cuts right to a pie with like a fork or a knife it's or like something. Oozing cut. yellow, white <laughs> I can't. Stuff. It was like a yeah, it's, cool. It was gnarly. Cool, cool, cool. It was pretty cool. <laughs> but remember I how last, was cool. last, the whole time I was thinking, <laughs> last time we recorded this podcast, or last Sunday, we were talking about whether or not we thought Jorah was going to get healed this season. And I was like, nope. Yeah, here we are. And maybe he doesn't. We still don't know for sure what the outcome is because Sam's operation here is pretty risky. And it looks very painful. Or it here sounds like it's very painful <laughs> because I didn't watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but I just thought it was sweet. Sam coming in, he's like, you're not dying today, Sir Jorah. So cool. <laughs> it's, it's really awesome. So 
you know, is it going to pan out? TBD. But I was it was a lot. Uh, I don't think Sam ever interacted with little Liana Mormont. I wanted him to tell Jorah, like, hey, the lady of their island <laughs> yes! is a badass. That's what I was thinking, too. I was like, say something. I was hoping for that, too. But what would he be able to like what would he know yeah I, I couldn't think of if he'd ever interacted with her so i don't think he actually did i think he was gone before that meeting where we were introduced to her I, i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. but he still spoke about Jor mormont and that was very yeah. emotional yeah definitely i'm hoping yeah if jorah gets healed he'll be heading north maybe Depends so do you think that it's gonna work last. i think it'll work it's like it has to work otherwise it has to work at this point. why would he be doing it yeah, you know? yeah. exactly i mean it has to work. So if it does work and it's the same thing that Shireen was put through, does that mean that Jorah's going to have all these badass battle scars? Oh, for yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I think he'll be marked up still. Yeah, he'll have scars. Although I still wonder exactly how it might have worked for Shireen with the dra- with the, the dragon glass working. I like the idea that there's, you know, it's in the air, it's in the water. She just imbibed it and it helped her healing, but it was never like a strategy that Crescent used. It was helpful that they would be there at Dragonstone, but I was cu- curious to see the cart that Sam brought in not really having anything to do with Obsidian. Like, maybe there's a, a process where they have to descale the body first. Yeah. Yeah. Which, geez, Ugh, man. I just... So many scales. That's going to be so rough. <laughs> he waited too long. But an incredible portrayal of England of all that pain, that shudder he was, that shake in, when he was biting, chomping at the bit, not to scream. It was just... Really well done. Those scenes must have been so interesting for John Bradley to film. He's they got him doing so much cool stuff there in the Citadel. Citadel, like it's so fitting as someone who's going to study as a Grand Maester that he gets to fiddle around with all these cool props and you know like yes. scenes well, in the show. A lot of time there. Yeah, yeah. And I guess I'm a little bit surprised at how much I, I, I knew, and we knew that the Citadel and, and Sam's journey here was going to be important to this season. But we've spent a surprisingly a surprising amount of time there, and I mean. I'm totally cool with it. I just wasn't expecting that, you know? Yeah, I didn't think we'd get two episodes in a row with him, and I didn't even necessarily think he would be in the first episode. But also, how about him almost naming the War of the Five Kings? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so <Yeah>. close. <laughs> Archmaester Ebrose, though, in this episode again, when he was playing dumb about not knowing about the, uh, the procedure, gosh, imagine how many young students have uh have approached him with the same thing and it's just sad to see our sam you know not be treated specially it's like come on help him out like you know sam's smarter than the rest of them please you know him just as well as we do but no luck he doesn't even let him talk like he's just droning on about books and Sam's yeah. trying so desperately to have a conversation, and he's just like, mm, cool. Yeah, Sam's trying to heal cool, someone. Cool. He's trying to save the world. And Ebros just wants to talk about his book that he's writing yeah. about the War of the Five He's probably like, oh, I was young once. I, too, had hopes and dreams. <laughs> what do you think it is about Jorah Mormont that Sam finds so magnetic? I think it's his name. I think it's the Mormont name, honestly. Mm-hmm. I mean, you see the look on his face when he realizes, when he tells him he's a Mormont. Maybe he loves his deep, raspy voice. <laughs> I mean, he it was pretty good. I thought about it this episode. <laughs> Respecting him and wanting to be around him and wanting to share a conversation is different than, you know, I'm going to break all of these rules at the Citadel and perform a surgery on you that I have no idea, or a procedure on you I have no idea how to do and that may not work at all. Yeah, I think Sam probably would have done that for anyone in that situation. He read about this cure and I think that he would just feel like he had to try it. 
but I think he's definitely way more likely to do it for the son of the Lord Commander that he served faithfully. Yeah, absolutely. What'd you guys think of John's decision making and his, I don't know, springing of this plan onto Sansa there? Like three days after he had gotten the original letter? Yeah. Not the way to do it. That's what I thought. Yeah. Gotta be honest with her. Yeah. I thought so too. But do you think that the reason why he did that is because he knew that everyone was going to react that way? Yeah. Not a good enough reason. Yeah, I don't think it's good enough reason, but I think he knew that he just had to make the stand there. Sansa knows not to go against him too much there, but man, it made me like him a lot less. It was strange. I didn't understand the move. I'm curious as to why they put that in there, but he definitely said it out loud, so at least he was honest about it. So there's points for that, but you know, getting the letter from Sam, that was basically extra evidence about the dragon glass. We could be too hard on him. You know, it could just be a case of he wasn't honestly considering it until he found out that it would benefit them militarily in that way, as far as artillery is concerned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you still got to think him and Sansa would have had a moment before they're up there yeah. in front of all At the some lords. point in three days. <laughs> I, know. I know, but I still don't know what is real necessarily, because we talked about this a lot ah, yes. last week. This whole thing, if Sansa's like playing to, or excuse me, if Sansa's playing Littlefinger a little bit and putting on a little bit of a show. And I don't think that everything that happened in this episode was putting on a show because the look on her face is very genuine as John's kind of laying out what his next steps and plans are. But I feel like that complicates the whole thing a little bit more because we see them having this close relationship outside of these meetings, but then butting heads a lot. And so, How much of this is Sansa? How much does she know beforehand? How much of this is her putting on a show? How much of this is her actually disagreeing? You know, I I feel like there's some, if we are going to subscribe to this theory that it's all for show or part of it is for show for Littlefinger, then how much of of it is real? You know, that's a great question. I hadn't even really considered that, honestly, that she might have been playing up her dissatisfaction or playing it down or anything like that for Littlefinger, even though we see all those glances. But yeah, I think she was calculating. And it's hard to tell if Brienne would have been, for example, clued in on it. Her little grin might have just been her grinning at everyone else hearing the news and might and not her hearing it for the first time that Sansa would be in charge. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's really not any clear giveaways. Sansa very much looked surprised, though. Like, I feel like that's something she probably didn't know. Surprised at the news that she would be left in charge or surprised at the news that John would be leaving? That she would be left in charge. Which, hmm. I mean, I guess that would make sense, but I just felt like that was a genuine moment. It felt strange to me. I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but she was so, so hard against him leaving. And so were so many of the Bannermen, including Liana. And the moment that John said, but I'm leaving you in charge, it was like, oh, well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think she couldn't shake. Yeah, she does want the power and she won't have to you know go against him at every meeting while he's gone i think she is kind of enjoying the idea of it as much as she really doesn't want him to go south and die potentially Mm -hmm. well and so much of the argument of john not leaving had to do with well maybe not the whole thing but the mention of how when rob went south they lost their hold and then that coupled with everything with the Targaryens and the Lannisters, um, having Sansa in charge or holding down the fort, somebody who's actually involved in the day-to-day of what's been going on, I feel like would ease that a little bit more, just knowing that John's not leaving Winterfell completely abandoned. No, he's definitely not. 
But when she said that, I definitely got a, a different layer of worry than I'd had before because we get the wonderful soliloquy by Varys and Tyrion comes in and says, by the way, Jon Snow, I can vouch for him. He's a pretty awesome person. We have secret code that we write each other in letters. He's got so great cool. hair. He has fantastic hair. <laughs> I vouch for him as your hand of the king, queen. I vouch for him. So we get all this wonderful goodwill. And even Daenerys goes, he sounds like quite a man. But yeah, when it, when Melisandre lists off all these wonderful things that he's done, it sounds pretty impressive. And so we feel pretty good about it. But after that warning from Sansa about John's family, you know, Ned's father and brother. But what else do you do? What else? What are what are his other options? And this could be just me like, well, we know he has to get there eventually, so he might as well be now. But what other options do you think he has in this situation? Because send he needs Sansa that to treat glass. with him, you know? Yeah, That's I don't true. know. It's just technically, like he says, a king needs to treat with the queen, but that isn't strictly true. And I, I'm pretty sure that if, for instance, Sansa had gone. Can they could have brokered a piece. I just think so, but that's not so the too. meeting we're going to get. That would have been actually Can really you cool. Imagine, <laughs> yeah, I just had a moment. <laughs> <laughs> just, it took a second for what you said to cross my brain. I was like, Wait a minute! I had never pictured the meeting before either, but I would love it. Okay. Yeah. No. That's wow. That would be. They would get along very I need well. To take I think. a little break. <laughs> yeah. That you would gotta be imagine cool. it's gonna happen. Daenerys is gonna have to come fight. You know, the Northern forces, and they're probably going to be in the same location. Are you yeah. too? I don't know. It's exciting. What mm-hmm. if they like head nodded at each other right before they go in? You know, like, yeah, <laughs> man. And they also like it's a three way head nod, Arya and head nods as well. I just love that we're finally at this point where <laughs> it's everybody weird. is getting together. Oh, God, it's, it's weird. So <laughs> wild. So, John going to Dragonstone. I mean, historically, there's there's precedent to be worried. I don't know. I think that we might be being ushered into to a, like a false sense of security because Daenerys definitely was like, I'm I'm asking him to come here to see his queen, which was awesome. And yeah. I, he's come here to out? bend the knee. Did I don't, Tyrion leave that out of the letter? I didn't like yes. zoo, screenshot it. I I think so, but <laughs> yeah, that's which is interesting. I might be wrong. Yeah, she told him to bend the knee. He's like, yeah, he'll be bending the knee to you. <laughs> I like the quote that he put in his letter, but I feel like he should have put a mind needs a <laughs> books like a mind needs books like a sword needs a whetstone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a few different ones. He could have <laughs> famous Tyrion to John quotes. That's so gonna be like those chapters. With those snarks. <laughs> John writes <laughs> back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm so glad that they did that. So so glad. Yeah, there was a good handful of uh, of nods and fan servicing in this episode, but uh, mm-hmm. you can't put it any better than Ashley the way you guys put it the other night, which is like we're fans. Like, please service us. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. This one wasn't so fan servicey. That last one was hitting us over the head with it. Okay, so before John leaves Winterfell, he goes down into the crypts to meet with his dad and have a moment down there and Littlefinger rolls up and he's like I don't know if we've ever had a real conversation before and I was all keep your name out of his mouth (laughs) (laughs) or keep his name out of your mouth whatever stand in front of Ned's statue he's like you know I brought his bones myself I'm like you mother (laughs) (laughs) Baelish we're usually cool but he gives that last best hope against the coming storm which we all assumed was him talking about Sansa but he was talking about Jon yeah so cool I thought we might be getting the reveal the uh, John's parentage reveal there. I, I thought know. it was very possible Littlefinger was going to do it. But no, he just said he was in love with Sansa, just like <laughs> he loved Kat. 
That's not creepy. That was a really bad decision. (laughs) Bad. I mean, he goes down there asking John to basically thank him for saving him at Battle of the Bastards and goes down to talk about how much he loves Kat and Sansa. And then he eggs him on a little bit with the fact that Kat never loved John. And so when that happened, I was like, oh, it is happening. We are going to get a little bit more about his parentage. But it didn't happen. Like, what was Littlefinger trying to accomplish? What was he thinking? I don't know. I know that he's way older than Jon Snow. And that a few seasons ago, we would definitely be feeling different about this conversation. But I don't know if Baelish just hasn't been paying attention. But John's the king right now. And you're down in the crypt with the king who has a Valyrian steel sword, a direwolf best friend that he can talk to with his mind. And he's so much stronger than you. Like, why are you even throwing shade at him down in the crypts? Why did he do that at all? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and then when he's standing in the when he's standing in the courtyard or whatever, rubbing his neck as yes. John leaves. <laughs> like, what happened finger. to Baelish, man? I know. I think he's just kind of going not down a great path. Today's show is sponsored by Blue Apron. Picnics, potlucks, dinner parties, barbecues, good food is essential to a successful summer. And now it's easier than ever to create delicious summer meals with Blue Apron. Because for less than $10 a meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients right to your door. I've been customizing my delivery schedule with Blue Apron around summer travel, and it's been very convenient for me to have ingredients waiting for when I get home and to not have things sent when I don't need them. Blue Apron is completely flexible, so you can customize your recipes each week and choose a delivery option that fits your needs. And Blue Apron's freshness guarantee promises that every ingredient arrives ready to cook or they'll make it right. Some of the meals available in July include seared chicken and creamy pasta salad with summer squash and sweet peppers, creamy shrimp rolls with quick pickles and sweet potato wedges, fresh basil fettuccine pasta with sweet corn and cubanella pepper, and chili butter steaks with Parmesan potatoes and spinach. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash owns. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash owns. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Today's show is sponsored by Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. So, Jeff and Andy, two ordinary guys who were fed up with getting ripped off, started Harry's to fix shaving. Harry's knew there was only one way to ensure quality, so they bought their own blade factory. By taking less profit and selling directly to you over the internet, Harry's offers their blades at half the price. Just $2 a blade compared to the $4 or more you would pay at the drugstore. I love Harry's because they're the kind of folks that would buy their own blade factory to ensure price and quality for their customers. That kind of attention to detail doesn't stop at the top level. It goes into the weight and quality of their razors, their handles, their packaging. We're fans of what they're making. Harry's is so confident that you will love their blades. They're giving you their trial set for free. Just cover shipping. Your free trial set includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. That's a $13 value for you to try. Stop messing around and get started shaving with Harry's today by claiming your free trial offer. $13 value for free. Just cover shipping. To get your free trial set, including your razor handle, five blade cartridge, and shave gel, Go to harrys.com slash owns right now. That's harrys.com slash O-W-N-S. You guys think it's going to be the hound that 
uh, sees his downfall, or do you think something with Arya? A combination, maybe? Hannah thinks it's Sansa all the way. It's Sansa. I think it's going to be Sansa, but I think that something's going to... Who's going to actually do the deed? Well, I'm, I, I, I don't or know who's going to... the catalyst. Gonna... Yeah, the catalyst. I think someone's going to spill the beans on Littlefinger having more involvement in things than he's saying. I think mm-hmm. it'd be cool if it were Bran. Oh, that's cool. Hmm. I didn't even think about him as an mm-hmm. option. Because he's heading to Winterfell. Yeah, and he sees a lot of stuff. That's true. Hmm. He sees a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was p- totally picturing the Hound getting up there and being like, what are you doing with this asshole? He did this, yeah. this, and this. And then Arya's there, and Sansa's like, okay, Arya, kill him for me. Or, I, I don't know. I don't think Sansa's going to do the deed. I think Arya will. I do think that Sansa knows exactly what's going on, because I like to believe that she does. And so whether or not she actually... Whether or not it's a combination, I like the idea of the Hound kind of tipping them off more so than they're already aware of to what the situation is. But I do think that Sansa will play an integral role in whatever ends up happening. And I don't th- I don't think it's going to be good for him <laughs> at all. Shortly after <laughs> John storms out and basically heads out, John is going to miss Arya and I can't handle it. So we, uh, we'll talk about this, but we figure out that Arya didn't know that John was in the north and Hot Pie gives her this nice bit of info and there's no way they're going to run into each other. And I feel very sad about it because we'll have to wait. How cool was it that we got to see the moment that Arya learned that John won the Battle of the Bastards with Sansa <laughs> and that they're ruling at Winterfell right now? You know, that's what's interesting is I, I, I have to rewatch it, but I don't think that he said anything about Sansa there. I don't think she I knows think Sansa he, is there. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think so either. So I think that's going to be really surprising. She's going to arrive there. John's going to be gone, but and Sansa's, Sansa's going to be gonna there. in charge. Yeah. That was not to get to my own because we've got time, <laughs> but that was by far my favorite moment of the whole episode. Just the the look on her face when she, it was just, she's like, you're lying. And as this realization and just thinking so much about their relationship and just it was really 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 amazing of a moment to see her find that out and to change course as we hoped she would she was so despondent in that scene with hot pie almost reflecting the will of the audience that pays attention you're back at the end of the crossroads <laughs> you're back there and then there's hot pie and it was almost like yeah of course you're at the end of the crossroads you're gonna have a hot pie encounter it's almost like it was expected she said hi hot pie before we could see him on camera mm-hmm. i feel like they were very aware of those decisions but i love what they did with it because you know it, it reflected the darkness and then it became warm um when we learned about the good news and the fact that the good news could be there even in the face of bad news still existing and then hot pie tells her he just affirms to her what i think Arya needs to remember which is he's like you're like me we're like each other i'm a mm-hmm. survivor and Arya gets to get on her horse and um she looked like an improved version of Aragorn from The Lord of the Rings, and she's maybe a six, probably a lot less. Someone needs to help me with the math, or math, his age, and she's mounting up outside of the Inn at the Prancing Pony, but it's a totally different tavern. I just felt like, this is a fantasy epic we get to watch. She's such a hero. Mm-hmm. Like, Maisie Williams killed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And her really. silence and her acting this episode was fantastic. Really and unbelievable. she gets to interact with her huge wolf. Oh, gosh. <laughs> huge. Oh, man. So did you guys cry? You know? I mean, it was this hugely emotional moment, and I didn't expect to feel as emotional about it as I did, I think. I mean, it's been, what, since season one? Yeah. Yeah, episode two. with Nymeria. King's Road. Mm, another episode two. That's interesting. And it, it, it took a moment, and then I watched the 
after the episode that airs when Arya is telling Nymeria to come with her and I'm heading north back to Winterfell. I'm finally going home. Come with me. And Nymeria turns away. And then there's that, again, Maisie Williams killing the game with just every expression and emotion flashing across her face. And when she says, that's not you, I think that that could have been interpreted in a five million different ways. Um, but they were talking about in the after the episode about how that was a direct reference back to what Arya said to Ned back when they were in King's Landing about, you know, Ned was talking about how she was someday going to be a lady and she was going to marry somebody and she was going to wear fancy dresses. And Arya said that that's not her. She'll never be a lady. And when she realizes that Nymeria is never going to be domesticated, like Nymeria coming back to Winterfell with Arya is not her. It's not who Nymeria is. And so I think Mm. that that just kind of like adds this extra layer that I would not have picked up on at all if I hadn't watched that after the episode thing. Yeah, that's I, I didn't pick up on that either. That's really interesting. I kind of think that, I guess I strongly think that Nymeria is still this Chekhov's gun and that she's going to save the day in some situation in, in a few, maybe not this season, but I, she's out there and I think she's going to still have a role to play. Yeah, I like that. I would love that. Because what's the point of reintroducing her? Yeah, that's you know? what I think. I, we see she's so massive. I really think she's still going to be sort of keeping a radius around Arya. Like when Arya goes to Winterfell, maybe she'll move north too. That is so awesome. Yeah, I really like that a lot. Oh my gosh, that is so <laughs> cool. And all of her friend wolves, her pack yeah. has grown so strong. That scene was so beautiful. So I was thinking about the hot pie scene, the Nymeria scene, the Ed Sheeran scene. Mm. <laughs> and... That scene from last episode has grown on me a little bit as I've rewatched a couple of times and, and thought about it. But I like this whole rehumanization of Arya that we are, we're getting in these first couple episodes as she travels back to Winterfell. And we get these dark glimpses of when Hot Pie asks, you've been making pies? And Arya goes, <laughs> one or two. And so it's still there. But this her hanging out with the Lannister soldiers and and just kind of laughing and spending time with other people in a very normal way her seeing an old friend and as we already mentioned this idea that or them talking about how they're both survivors and how they're friends and they're friends forever bff whatever Mm -hmm. and then also this touch point with nymeria of reminding her of who aria was and who aria is and, and that she's a stark and all that kind of thing i really love that we just get some warmth back into her you know, and and she's becoming a person again because I feel like it's been so long and she's had to spend so much time pushing all of that out to be able to survive. And now she can use some of the skills that she's learned and take a lot of those experiences to help further the cause. But <laughs> she doesn't have to be this robotic assassin. Yeah. When did Arya learn to drink like that, I wonder? I know. I was <laughs> ale. <laughs> Hot Pie is just looking at her like, okay. <laughs> All right, Ari. What do you think Arya is the most important lesson that she's learning from this encounter with Nymeria? You can't always go back. You can't always take things back. I don't know. You hit a certain... That's what I took from it. I, as much as I'm hopeful still that she has a connection with Nymeria that will stick around. I don't know. It was really sad. It's the idea that, yeah, you can't just wipe the slate clean. Mm-hmm. She's wild now. Yeah. Do you think that that's the same that could be said for Arya, that she's wild now, and yeah, no matter I how many so. people are nice to her, and no matter how much blackberry wine they share with her, that <laughs> she's, you know, she's been shook. 
I don't think she's, you know, ruined for life or, or, you know, ruined in that sense, but I think she will bristle, you know, against convention when she's back at Winterfell and then her and Sansa will continue to have conflict with each other as much as, you know, they want to just, you know, start from scratch and love each other. I, I, I don't think Arya will just settle into normal life. I don't think it's going to be one of those, like, early season Sansa Arya type of clashes. At least I really hope not. But I do think that there's going to be there's going to be some tension there. I mean, they both have been through unbelievable circumstances in very different ways. And Arya needs to, as we're seeing her make these leaps and bounds, she needs to become a normal <laughs> person <laughs> again. You know? So, I'm looking forward to that a lot. How many of y'all thought that they were getting attacked by White Walkers? Mm. Zero. When the snow was forming and the the horse was freaking out. Oh, in that scene, yeah, yeah, dancing horse. That'd be awfully south. No, I I don't know what I thought. I I was kind of distracted. I thought the horse was dancing. Honestly, that's where my head was. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I thought it was Nymeria immediately, just from the last the preview we got. If we hadn't had that preview at the end of last episode, I don't know what I would have thought. But I've been so looking forward to it all week. I was curious, and I'm afraid to look at Twitter because it's probably about a. 500 people saying the same thing as me, but um, just did her power, did their connection, did her her position as that particular kind of direwolf bring about the sort of pull on nature that she had that was, you know, able to shake the surroundings like she did that wolf herself, Nymeria? I personally don't think so. I think a huge pack of wolves, you know, jostles <laughs> I guess that's that horse. It. I guess I, honestly, I'm a little shook from the last episode with Tony. I'm like, how much power does she have? <laughs> like the Night King. I just things seem to get colder. I don't know. I'm, just, I'm thinking about it. It's Nymeria that's going to go against the Night King. You heard it mm-hmm. here first. Nymeria kills Night King 2K17. It could be something. Yeah, that's it. I guess it'll be 2K19 or something. Yeah, a long time yeah exactly. Now. Doesn't have the same ring, right? <laughs> Before we wrap up and transition to our owns of season seven episode two i did want to ask and i know we touched on this at the beginning of the episode but ashaya especially and zach of course please chime in (laughs) but (laughs) your (laughs) opinions and thoughts and just how you felt about how the sand snakes were handled in this episode and the whatever how many times Dorne has been completely wiped from the storyline <laughs> massacred just brutally Ashea, killed star of the defending Dorne panel yes, of yes please give I us all of your hot book takes Dorne, book Dorne I have no defenses for TV Dorne but I will say I am at least happy to have the, the full death of that plot line as much as I I was really disappointed that Euron freaking Greyjoy was the one to kill our badass Sand Snakes as much as I hate them. But, like, he was the one person I didn't want to kill them, this macho man. Uh, So that drove me crazy that they were killed in that way. They gave him at least a run for his money a little bit, at least put up a fight. But it was brutal. And we at least... We also, before that scene, got that little cartoonish scene with them just picking at each other. Yeah. Just, to, just to remind us of why the Sand Snakes in the show aren't great. They just talk about killing each other. You know. While laying in hammocks or whatever. Yeah. As as they do. Too. It's normal. But no, obviously wasn't a fan of it. But what I was a fan of was that Alaria Yara sequence. Uh, as much as Alaria drives me crazy with her... I don't know, bent on revenge nature in the show. I definitely was down for her smooth come-ons to Yara. That was mm-hmm. great. They worked well together. Yeah. 
And now they're done for. Damn. So sad. There was such a promise of happiness in Yara's future. Do you guys think that Yara was killed there? Or do you think Euron's keeping her as a pet? Just judging off uh, the trailer from Comic-Con in our last episode, it sounds like she's going to be kept as a pet. Yeah. I thought maybe Yara was also going to be with them in, in chains, but I also thought maybe he killed her there. But I figured we would have seen it. And we saw Tiny, uh, we saw Nymeria and Obara hanging off the prow. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, we might get that. We might see her just on the, the silence, like at the beginning of the next episode or something ridiculous. Yeah. Because I don't know how much Cersei would care about having her as part of the gift. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think she would at all, though. Her face, though, Yara's face as Theon panics and jumps ship was probably the saddest scene in this whole episode. Yeah, what do you guys think she was thinking about there? Do you think she was disappointed in him? Or do you think she kind of knew that that was the right choice? I didn't get the vibe that she was disappointed in his spirit. I I, I got the vibe that she could tell when he sort of shifted back back into reek yeah i think she she was deflated she was hoping that it wouldn't happen and i Mm -hmm. think that she saw it happen yeah and i i'm really happy that they i'm happy as much as i that was a heartbreaking thing to watch i'm happy that they didn't just let all of the reek stuff fall to the wayside because theon has been through an unbelievable amount and i feel like last season he just kind of came back to reality and just started hanging out with Yara again and everything was fine. And so it was cool to see, as heartbreaking as it was, how much this still sits with him and affects him. And and his facial expression as he starts to fall back into this thing that he had to be for so long was really incredible to watch. And so I'm glad that they kind of pulled that back into the forefront, even if it means that Yara has been captured. You know, during that scene with uh, Yara and Ilaria, as much as I liked their, I don't know, chemistry, I felt really uncomfortable because I was picturing the traumatic sexual experiences that Theon's had. And that I, I just couldn't help but think about how that might be triggering mm. for Theon to like have to watch someone get hot and heavy because of what happened with him and Ramsay and Sansa. Do you think that started? Do you think that maybe was like the first piece that then everything that happened in the battle, like he already was feeling unsettled. Yeah, I think it it probably would have just happened regardless, but I I can't help but think that it wouldn't have helped. He looked so unnerved in that scene. I don't think it was just your normal, oh, that's my sister look. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was also the nature of the come on. It just felt kind of showy and provocative of something that Ramsey would have done, like to stage it and to make it more of a an expression of itself like they were definitely yeah. doing it for effect you know like they were flirting with each other but they were also just kind of poking fun at theon a little bit yeah i mean weren't they or did i just read it no, that I think wrong they were no, yeah I mean, they totally. were definitely getting off on the idea of teasing him and having a show or all that oh yeah because Laurie's like game. asking him to join i forgot yeah <laughs> yeah she was very deliberately yeah doing that to him the showdown the close-ups on euron and yarsha and on theon <laughs> With the awesome embers floating and Ramin Javadi's epic score. And then Theon's eventual man overboarding. I know that we're going to have a decent chunk of time on this battle in our Thursday episode. And I'm looking forward to talking about it. Yeah, that long ending with Theon just sitting in the ocean watching everything burn. I love it. I love, love, love that we've had the opportunity to really sit with a lot of characters this season. Um I know that we've got these extended episodes, but we're pressed for time. And I'm glad that we haven't lost sight of what my favorite parts of this whole story are, which is just sitting with these people that we care about. So loved the way 
everything ended in this episode with with Theon just kind of taking it all in. Do you want to be the first one to give your own for the episode? I can give my first own. I feel like I already gave my own, but it's worth repeating. To the fact that this episode was good. (laughs) (laughs) My My own for this episode is to Arya and just her face when she finds out that Jon is king of the north. And that whole sequence of her understanding and realizing that she can go home, I just felt like was unbelievable. So owned Arya and the king in the north. The king in the north. Ashea, you want to give your official episode two own? Okay. I'm cheating because I'm doing two joking ones. Perfect. Instead of one <laughs> I love it. That's one. fine. I can't choose. People don't usually break the rules in their first own. This is great. Okay. Own 1.5 is for uh, hot pie making such delicious looking pies that got mm. ruined by the editing. But Arya sure <laughs> seemed to enjoy it. Browned the butter mm-hmm. first. I was really happy to see hot That's pie. Good I advice. just really was. He's a good guy. I want Arya to bring him to Winterfell in the future. Have him, him work there. That would be perfect. Head chef at Winterfell. But my other one is to Ilaria, who I normally hate for her masterful come-ons that clearly worked well on Yara. So I, I, it was it was hot. I liked it. Those are perfect. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. What's your Zach, huh? Um, is it bad if it's a serious own? No, it's good. She's a little, uh, she's a little off-brand. <laughs> okay. But do, you should do it anyway. This is really tough. Um, honorary own goes to Jamie Lannister... Mixing Rickon and Dickon up. Oh, I forgot about <laughs> yeah. that. That was hilarious. I totally get it. He's like, I know there's a Rickon I knew about and a Dickon I knew about. I care about each of them about the same, roughly. <laughs> this is tough. This You're is really tough. I had Tyburn, it earlier. Cersei. Sir, Jamie. We're just naming people for you. Slughorn. I'm not gonna get <laughs> I'm not gonna give it to the moment that Alaria mentioned Oberyn in their council meeting. <laughs> I kinda want to. I guess mine's kinda boring. I'm gonna give it to the that that war room meeting at the painted table in Dragonstone and the way that they staged the attack. I felt like as a viewer of the show, I understood the geography and I was like, all right, I get this. We're sieging Westeros. I just felt like they presented it well. Such a boring own. No, that's good. (laughs) I can can get into it. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Also, Arya, you got any ale. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. If you want to send in your own owns and give us your thoughts and feelings and comments about season seven episode two we'll be reading them on our next episode later this week you can do that in tons of different ways you can find us on twitter at game of owns on facebook by searching for game of owns or you can send us an email to contact at game of owns.com well it's sunday night thank you so much for joining us monday morning now zach oh, yeah. for me mm-hmm. <laughs> me too <laughs> but no thank you for having me i'm really glad to be on solo obviously i was on with sean and aziz but now i get you guys all to myself it was a blast we were so excited to have you on solo we got like, a little ah. bit of girl power going on in here hell yeah we're happy to have you we should take this moment to tell our listeners where they can find more of your voice during the season when you're not guesting on our podcast. Alrighty. We have two episodes at least that we release a week. One is on Mondays that we live stream. We're on YouTube and iTunes and whatever podcast player you use. The Monday recording, I am not on. I just moderate and deal with the live chat, but that is a show only episode. And then usually on Tuesdays, but we're a little flexible for our next live stream. We are doing a book to show episode that we've done for a few years now with the good folks at Radio Westeros. Uh, another podcast and so that one takes all sorts of spoilers into account uh, though there are 
fewer and fewer as the weeks go on. Fewer. <laughs> How many times did you correct me when I said less? You can't not, you can't not remember fewer after seeing Stannis Baratheon say it. Yeah. You got to have it down. That was very fitting. He'll, he'll get you if you ever meet him in person. If you're <laughs> interested in subscribing to our podcast via iTunes, you should do that. If you're not, you can listen on our website or through Stitcher or in all the other ways that you listen to podcasts. You're probably already pretty good at that because you're listening to the show right now. But if <laughs> you're using the iTunes store, please consider giving us a rate and review because right now is a good time for listeners to find new Game of Thrones programs. You can also find our other show, Rewatch the Throne, over on Stitcher Premium. We are making our way through season two of Game of Thrones. So lots to talk about, lots of connections to make between season seven and the early episodes. And it's a ton of fun. We're Zach and I do that with our friend Evan. And so if you need even more Game of Thrones in your week, you can head over uh, to rewatch the throne and check that out. Lots of Sandler Clegane. And if one extra show isn't enough, we make a podcast called A Squad of Ice and Fire that we release to our patrons who support Game of Thrones on patreon.com slash goo. If you'd like to listen or if you would like to just support the show, we'd appreciate it. And uh, yeah, please have fun with all that stuff. Ashaya, we've said it a thousand times, but thank you so, so much for joining us and for hanging out with us and for being our friend and for talking about Game of Thrones with us. It's been cooking. It's been a blast. So (laughs) thank you. Thanks for for joining us. Yeah, no, I'm really excited you had me on. I'm excited to see you both at Dragon Con and other things in the future. I'm so excited. It's going to be fun. Excited to play Quiplash again. Keep a lookout for all that (laughs) stuff. We're working on a special Song of Ice and Fire question set. Quiplash. Jackbox Games has this thing, this game called Quiplash, where you can create your own custom prompts and have an audience of 10,000 people. So we will be streaming that and sharing that eventually. You can, I don't know, tweet at me or something if you want to give me prompts or want more information, I guess. There's a lot of fun stuff. Yeah. Quiplash is so fun. And this has been a lot of fun. And so we're going to say thank you again. Thanks again for joining <laughs> us. And thank you for listening. We will be back later this week for our midweek episode, breaking down everything that happened in this episode in a little bit more detail going through some questions that we're going to be posting and asking you on watchers so keep an eye out there and we'll see you in just a couple days 